Welcome to the Banter Savvy Podcast. I'm BanterBot, and along with your hosts, Rebecca, Tyler, and Matt, I'm here to bring you your weekly source of stories, humor, and news. Today, Tyler will be telling the story of the 1904 Olympic Marathon, a story that is too ridiculous to be true. But somehow, it is. Everyone crack your beers. And Tyler, you can take it away. So we've got the most bizarre story I've ever heard right here, with each new aspect of it being more bizarre than the last. So check this out. In the 1904 Olympics held in St. Louis, the marathon race was nearly the final of its kind in Olympic history. So I've got this prepared in stages. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to paint a picture. I'm going to set up the world at that time. It's, in, it's the Olympics. you gotta, you got to really set it up properly. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this was America's first Olympics and arguably its worst. Perfect. <laughs> or at least its most bizarre. It was held in 1904 in St. Louis, St. Louis, depending on how ostentious you are at the bar when you're drunk. St. Louis. St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> the games that year were tied to the World Fair, uh, which also a very big event. Uh, now, with these being as big of a mess as they were, there were some moments of surprising and genuine triumph. For example, there was a gymnast named George Iser who earned six medals. Well, three of them being gold, despite his wooden leg. Hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> well done, sir. Yeah, let me let me just throw that in there on top. Yeah. <laughs> the games were largely overshadowed by the fair, being a very big uh, imperialistic American festivity, uh, yeah. whereas the Olympic was a, a global thing in America around the turn of the century was pretty big into, you know, itself. <laughs> <laughs> so the Olympics being a worldwide event was not nearly as impressive as, as the World Fair was, uh, which ironically you'd think the World Fair uh, would be also kind of global, but yeah, less less so than the yeah. Olympics, apparently. <laughs> they offered their own roster of sporting events at the World Fair. One of the most controversial is called Anthropology Days. Now, would anyone like to tell me what the event Anthropology Days might include? I hope it includes bones. And the examining of such. And the examining of such bones. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's what anthropology is, so okay. Yeah, no, that... That's that's a no. That's as uh, far as I know it. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah okay, so you're both wrong. Uh, <laughs> and uh, to be clear, there was no way you were going to be right. So listen okay. to what this is. Anthropology Days, in which a group of quote-unquote savages recruited from the fair's international villages competed in a variety of athletic feats. Among those feats, a greased pole climb, ethnic dancing, mudslinging. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> for the amusement of Caucasian spectators. Oh, so, no. Yeah, there was no wow. chance of you being right there. And oh, dear. Don't feel bad about your answers. No. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, one historian, a French historian, and apparently the founder of the International Olympic Com- Committee, uh, his name was Pierre, and then a French last name I'm not even going to try and pronounce. Uh, <laughs> he took disapproving note of the spectacle and uh, made a very prescient observation that was way ahead of its time. As for that outrageous charade, it will of course lose its appeal when black men, red men, and yellow men learn to run, jump, and throw and leave the white men behind them, as evidenced by every sport ever. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hundred years later, that man would be confused, but also pleased to know he was right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right there. yeah significantly less uh, greased pole climbing going on. I'm glad about that. Yeah, less I, greasy. I, yeah, significantly oh. less greasy. And and a shortage of poles. You never notice that. There's a shortage of poles. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so 
the Olympics now, the marathon. Uh, it was conceived to honor the classical heritage of Greece and underscore the connection between the ancient and modern. Now, from the start of this, it was less showstopper than it was sideshow. Uh, a freakish spectacle that seemed more in keeping with the carnival atmosphere of the fair than the reverential mood of the games. And again, just to reiterate, the outcome of the marathon was so scandalous that the event was nearly abolished for good from the Olympics forever. Which is in wow. general, Olympics are like... They almost got rid of the marathon. Yeah. Not just in <laughs> Holy America, shit. Just in the Olympics. Can you imagine? Right? right? Without now, a marathon. As someone who does not watch the Olympics, it would have affected my life 0%. <laughs> same. I imagine <laughs> same. there's I mean, someone <laughs> running from their problems that wants to just be a professional about that, and I respect <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, so that is the the setup. That's the the picture in the background. Okay, so let me it. let me paint the foreground of this of this painting for you. This is the runner's history. So some of them are of note. Some of them I'm just mentioning now, and I won't mention again. Some a lot of them I'm going to mention later. Okay. So a few of the runners were recognized marathons who had either won or placed in the Boston Marathon. Unfortunately, Boston Marathon being the one that was bombed several years back. Yes. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. or they had actually placed in previous Olympic marathons. But the majority of the field was composed of middle distance runners and some, they, they coined them oddities, assorted oddities. There were a couple Americans, Sam Mellor, who we will hear of again, A.L. Newton, John Lorden, Michael Spring, and Thomas Hicks, who we will also hear of again in a couple Thomas of moments. Thomas Hicks, okay. I write that one down, kids. They were experienced marathons and were among the favorites to win. Someone who was not necessarily a favorite to win, but also American, was Fred Lors. Fred Lors did all his training at night because he had a job as a bricklayer. And he earned his spot in the Olympics by placing in a special five-mile race sponsored by American, sorry, Amateur Athletic Union. Who cares? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. So, you're a bricklayer by day, and then you're training. He's laying his feet at night. Absolutely. Okay, so, that so, is real that, determination. It is, but also he qualified for a marathon by running five miles, qualifying by running five miles. So a marathon's like what? 20-something miles. 25. 25, yeah. So he had to do five times that amount, but he qualified by just running five. Yeah, so no, so, so you're actually completely locked on to the premise of the story. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got it you've got it pretty much coined at this point okay, yeah all right got yeah it, yep. so let, let's let's proceed because i, you, I, I you're making me worry that you've already read this okay. <laughs> i have not so beyond fred lores there were also 10 greeks who had never run a marathon there were two men of the tiswana tribe of South Africa, who were in St. Louis, St. Louis. They were part of the South African's World Fair exhibit and who arrived at the starting line barefoot. Yep, that sounds right. Yep. Now, they were they were the first Olympic participants from Africa ever. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So Matt, being at one point living in South Africa, yeah. this is our, our special nod to you. Well, thank you. Uh, you will never, ever again on this podcast get acknowledgement, so cherish it. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel, I Take feel honored. Note. I feel honored. Take note. Take note. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, because of course the list is not done, is a Cuban national and former mailman named Felix Carbajal. Car Carba Carbajal. Carbajal. Uh, forgive me, guys. I don't stand a chance at most of these names. <laughs> Felix. <laughs> who raised money to come to the United States by demonstrating his running prowess throughout Cuba, once trekking the length of the entire island. Kind of, kind of impressive, right? That's, That's cool. Impressive. Yeah, he's a mailman. He, he runs, runs for his job. It's great. <laughs> uh, now, it, it gets less impressive as you go. So upon his arrival in New Orleans, he lost all his money on a dice game on a riverboat casino. Oh, shit. And he had to hitchhike, most of it walking, to St. Louis to actually participate. <laughs> so he got his warm up, he got his warm -up well and truly out of the way. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> he was five feet tall. 
Hey, nothing wrong with that. Five no, feet, nothing right? at all. Nothing at all. Uh, you know, he presented a slight but striking figure when he was at the starting line at five feet tall. Slight in but a striking. I love it. White long sleeve shirt, long dark dress pants, slacks, uh, a beret, and a pair of street shoes. Wow, he's he's really. I'm envisioning yeah. he, this person. When, when they say dress for the job mime, you want, not a, not yeah. a marathon. Is it Prince? Yeah. <laughs> Is it Prince? <laughs> yeah, is it Prince? <laughs> 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 was he smoking a cigarette that's the only thing that we're talking yeah, about the, the, the nice long one the credit oh my one, god so. yeah. wow another Olympian at this race apparently took pity on him and he found a pair of scissors and actually cut Felix's trousers to the knee so he could at least run oh that was a nice person it Aww. was very very nice I don't know so, what he was expecting to do in those but okay. he was expecting to run in, in the Olympics in clearly. dress yeah. pants did you did, do you think he's not dressed for the job uh, overdressed, I would say. <laughs> Is it in the middle of the winter in America? Dressed to win. Uh, no, so okay. on that topic, uh, I am now going to get into the situation. So if I've painted the background and now I've painted the foreground, I am now going to dot the eyes and, and, and the put in the little little birds and the happy mountains and the bushes and the trees like Bob Ross. I was about to say, okay, Bob Ross. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was August 30th to tell you about the weather. Uh, it was okay, 3 yeah. p.m. So the sun oh, so was just heat. recently at the height of its day. It was humidity, 90%, which is like you're almost swimming at that point. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of water. It was 32 degrees Celsius. Ouch. Which is hella warm. And the 24.85 mile course, which one fair official called, quote unquote, the most difficult a human being was ever asked to run over, wound across roads inches deep in dust. There were seven hills along the, the trek. Varying from 100 feet high to 300 feet high. That is a 30-story building. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Holy shit. A lot of them were almost straight up. In many places, there was cracked stone strewn across the roadway, creating perilous footing. They were also on these roads with traffic, including delivery wagons, railroad trains, trolley cars, people walking their dogs, as well as other dogs, which I will get to in a minute. <laughs> Along the 24.85 mile race, which I will, to save time, precious time, uh, refer to as 25 miles going forward, there were two places to hydrate. Great. Pretty great, yeah. There was one water tower at six miles in and another, a roadside well at 12 miles in. Oh, so it wasn't even oh, near at the, the well. end. No, you're- It was you're, like the beginning and the middle. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're drinking at the beginning and then for 13 more miles at the end, you're going dry. <laughs> yeah, except for your sweat. <laughs> yeah. Now, there was actually a reason for this as far as the uh, the water towers and the roadside well goes. This was actually planned by James Sullivan. The oh, chief... it was planned, okay. Yes, uh, but for shitty reasons. Oh. James Sullivan, the chief organizer <laughs> of the games, wanted to minimize fluid intake to test the limits and effects of purposeful dehydration. Oh, great. Yeah, which, you know, a hundred years later, we're pretty aware it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not no. useful. Was it no, based it's... off of this, this one? Is that what the research is based off? <laughs> Yeah, just like the monster study, yeah. they didn't need to do another study. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, the, these roads were covered inches deep in dust. So picture it like a beach almost. Uh, and yeah. there's also cars which are pushing up that dust and launching coughing spells in, in everybody. You know, even if, even if you're in the car, you're getting dust everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's like you're on Mars at this point. Like you're you're <laughs> just going to be covered in dust within moments. Now, I would like to turn this completed painting into a GIF and or GIF, depending on whether you want to be right or wrong. So <laughs> to, to start the race here, Fred Lors, which you will remember as the bricklayer who did a five mile run, actually led the 32 starters from the gun going off. But within a mile, 
Atomics Hicks, the American, was winning, uh, if only by a little. Uh, another person I haven't named up until now was William Garcia, and he was of California and was notable because he nearly became the first fatality of the Olympic oh my marathon. God. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he, he collapsed on the side of the road and was hospitalized with hemorrhaging. Oh. Damn. The dust had coated his esophagus and ripped his stomach lining. Wow. wow. How much dust? I knew it was there was a lot of a dust. Lot of dust. Oh. <laughs> inches. Inches, Matthew. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> that all those inches has to be in the air to suck that in. Holy crap. Right? Hemorrhaging. Oof. Wow. Yeah, so they were all suffering of this. Uh, so they were saying that had he gone an hour longer unaided, that he would probably have bled to death. So that's Jeez. why they nearly counted him as the first fatality. Yeah, mm. wow. Uh, another racer who I haven't mentioned until, actually, no, I did mention him. He was one of the Americans. Uh, John Lorden suffered about a vomiting and actually gave up. So he called himself off early. Smart man. Yeah. This racer, I haven't mentioned by name yet, but you do know of him. He's one of the South African participants. Len Tao. Which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong because it sounds like I'm saying it Chinese or Korean. Yeah, it doesn't sound very South African to me. Yeah, it doesn't sound very South African. Uh, forgive me, that's the only name I have here. Uh, but he was actually chased a mile, of course, by wild dogs. Really? Yeah, just wild dogs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just, don't worry. I'm, I'm not even halfway through the story here. We're just going to get worse <laughs> and worse as we go. Oh my God. They could just smell him and they ran after him. <laughs> right? <laughs> so. Felix, who was our Cuban in the, the very fashionable outfit, trotted along in his cumbersome shoes and billowing shirt, making good time, even though he actually had paused to chat with spectators oh, yeah. in broken English. He was noted on one occasion of stopping at a car on the side of the road because he saw that his occupants were eating peaches and he actually, he wanted one. So he stopped. <laughs> I have a beautiful picture in my head of this person. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> let me let me complete that picture. Uh, he was refused, so he yeah. playfully snatched two and then ate them as he ran away. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> so I can just imagine this this guy just like in the overly hitting in the on all the women. Basically, as he goes by, he's like, "Oh, spectator, lovely, beautiful lady. Hey, hey, how yeah. about yeah. you want some of these? That's I'm what, in Olympics. Yeah. That's I the need some peaches. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm picturing. You want some peaches? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> inches, ladies, inches. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! This, this poor Felix. As he ran, uh, we're still on Phoenix here. Sorry, Felix. Uh, we're gonna call him Phoenix because 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 he's on fire. He's he might as on well fire. be yeah. <laughs> from, from the, the ashes. ashes. He rose. Yeah, <laughs> of his pants. So as yeah. he was eating these peaches, uh, he actually then ran by an orchard, uh, and because he was still hungry, he stopped to eat some apples at the orchard. I mean, at least he's getting fluids in him. God oh, bless. yeah, no, he's hydrating. Yeah. Uh, now, the issue is those apples turned out to be rotten. <laughs> oh, my God. He ate them, though. He was like, mm, yummy. Like, yeah, no, in some capacity, he just he just continued eating them. You know, we don't have the same food-safe stuff. They don't, they don't have hand-washing certificates in the orchards <laughs> like we do at Tim like, Hortons nowadays. If I, if I bit into a rotten apple, I'd be like, mm, that's rotten. I'm not eating that. What about Felix lets you know that he would make that decision so far? Because he's a flamboyant man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would like some apples. <laughs> uh, my, my Felix is Swedish. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah I think so. Crushing the Swedish accent. <laughs> Just miserable. So, uh, with him being rotten, he actually started suffering from stomach cramps. And so he lay down and he took a nap. Just super casual nap. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say shit. He was going to take a shit. I'm it sure wasn't in the later. story, but let's be honest. Over 25 miles, you probably... <laughs> so he had yes. two peaches and he's and eating he apples. That's cramps. a lot of fruit. Yeah, when yeah. they hit when they hit mile 12, that roadside well became unusable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, so Sam Mellor, uh, which I have mentioned, he's one of the Americans, is now in the lead by skill and not ha happenstance. Pure luck. Yeah, yeah pure luck. 
But no, now he's also experiencing severe stomach, stomach cramping. Uh, now, this is probably a result of the dehydration as right. well as the, the heat and the humidity and whatnot. In general, it seems to be a common thing that everybody suffered in, in this regard. It still happens today. It still happens today, yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have not evolved past stomach cramping. Now, he slowed to a walk and eventually stopped. At the nine-mile mark, cramps also plagued Lors again, the bricklayer. Oh, he's a bricklayer. Yep. I'm rooting for Lors, by the way. I'm rooting for him to win. So I'm going to finish that sentence. At the <laughs> nine-mile mark, cramps also plagued Lors, who decided to concede. Damn it. <laughs> You're take, two, two words my, away. Taking my money back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your hand hadn't take, been taken off the bill yet. You're, yes, you're still yeah. good. When he conceded, he decided to hitch a ride in one of the accompanying automobiles back to the stadium where the finish line was, uh, just simply to get a change of clothes. <laughs> he, he was seen waving at spectators and fellow runners as he passed them in the automobile. Oh, the Queen's wave, right? Yeah, the, <laughs> I, like, I'm picturing the Queen's bye, wave. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Let's flip back to Thomas Hicks now, uh, who was one of the Americans chosen as a favorite to win. He came under the care of a two-man support crew at the 10-mile mark. Oh. He begged them for a drink, but they refused to give him one, uh, likely because of the intentional dehydration they wanted to put against the, uh, the Olympians. Okay. What they did instead was they sponged his mouth with warm distilled water, which sounds just like the most unappealing thing ever. Yeah. And you, you know that sponge is covered in dust. You just know. Yeah. <laughs> just sucking in. Ugh. He actually continued on. Yeah, so again, this happened at the 10-mile mark. He made it seven miles from the finish, and then his handlers fed him a concoction of strychnine and egg whites. I know what strychnine is. What's that? Rebecca, do you know what strychnine is? I don't. So strychnine, in small doses, was commonly used as a stimulant. Now, this is actually noted as one of the first recorded instances of drug use in the modern Olympics. These are the same mm. people that didn't give him water. Which one? Oh, these different people now. The same people. These, these two people are, are wow. in the race now at this point. Yeah, they're, they're going to see them again. <laughs> yeah, so they fed him strychnine and egg whites. They gave him a stimulant, uh, which now if we go 100 years into the future, strychnine is a rat poison <laughs> oh. and a very powerful one at that. Now, again, there are no rules or performance enhancing drugs at this point. This is 1904. We, we weren't that fun yet. So. No. And yeah, it was essentially rat poison, which is just great for him. Mm -hmm. uh, now, we'll get back to this later. Hicks' team also carried a flask of French brandy, but they decided to hold that back from him until later. So we'll, we'll again come back to that in a minute. So Fred Lors, our bricklayer, had recovered from his cramps, and he emerged from his 11-mile ride in the autom automobile <laughs> uh, when he heard the fanfare of the race finish line, and he, he got out and he started jogging. <laughs> my, my money's back. My money's back on the table. <laughs> my money is officially back on that table. <laughs> I'm not disqualified. <laughs> so hilarious. Yep. Now, one of Thomas Hicks' handlers saw him and ordered him off the course, uh, but Lois just kept running. <laughs> and he finished the race with a time of just under three hours. <laughs> Crushed it. <laughs> Crushed it. <laughs> the crowd roared and began chanting, "An American won! An American won!" <laughs> Alice Roosevelt, the 20-year-old daughter of President Theodore Roosevelt, <laughs> oh God. placed a wreath upon Lore's head. And on to that goes the crown. Yeah, <laughs> really? And she was just about to lower the gold medal around his neck uh, when one witness reported as saying, or hearing someone say, someone called an indignant halt to the proceedings with the charge that Lore's was an imposter. <laughs> They actually, they didn't even think it was Fred Lors. They were just like, no, 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 he couldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, no, just, it's not even him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean, like an imposter. Like, they were right. Right, we need to bring up the CCTV. Yeah. <laughs> 1904, I know they had it. Um, <laughs> the cheers actually turned to booze, as you would imagine. Uh, and then Lors, being 
just the absolute champion that he is, almost Olympian champion, claimed that he had never intended to accept the honor. He finished only for the sake of a joke. <laughs> yeah, okay, dude. Yeah. Yeah, right. You were like 95% of the way there. If she hadn't said anything, that, that, that medal was going around. Oh, head. yeah. He was running off with it. Oh, he'd be like, thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the medals were, I believe they still are made of gold. So like at that point, I'm yeah. sure he could probably walk away with it and be like, that's the mansion, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> More than likely, yeah. You're right. right. You were in a car, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like. And not just a coyote in one of the official cars as well. So there's no way you were going to get away with it. No, <laughs> not even a chance. He and is... he just runs out and is like, I win. <laughs> it's like, um, I don't think so. First try. <laughs> <laughs> I only practiced five miles. <laughs> a right. for effort. So Fred Lors, uh, the winning, not winner. Now, Thomas Hicks, the American, the one with the rat poison. Right. Uh, with it coursing through his blood, he had actually grown ashen and limp, it was reported. When he heard that Fred Lors had been disqualified, he actually perked up and he forced his legs into a try. This is a real Olympic champion here. He just put it to it, you know, he kept going. Pushed through the pain. He pushed through it. Uh, this is the guy who's like gains, bro, on his Instagram 100 years later. Now, the issue is, is his, his trainers gave him another dose of strychnine and egg whites. <laughs> <laughs> this time uh, with some brandy, though, to wash it down. They fetched some warm water, which in 32 degree weather he did not need, I guarantee. They soaked his body and his head. And after the bathing, he actually appeared to revive and quickened his pace. It's reported as saying over the last two miles of the road, Hicks was running almost mechanically, like a well-oiled piece of machinery. Wow. His eyes were dull, lusterless. The ashen color of his face and skin had deepened. His arms appeared as weights well tied down. He could scarcely lift his legs while his knees were almost stiff. He was dying. It it's, like the, yeah. it's the tin man. Yeah, picture down. the slow-moving zombies in every movie you've ever watched. Just like... <laughs> 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 that, that's, that's how I picture Thomas Hicks here. Now, he says he began hallucinating at this point, believing that the finish line was still 20 miles away. In the last mile, he begged for something to eat. Then he begged to lie down. He was given more brandy, but he, was re he refused to have any tea. He swallowed two more egg whites. He walked up the first of the last two hills and then jogged down on the incline, swinging into the stadium. It was reported as saying that it looks like he was trying to run, but he was reduced to a graceless shuffle. His trainers carried him over the line, holding him aloft while his feet moved back and forth. <laughs> he was declared the winner of the race. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yay, Hicks. <laughs> it took four doctors and one hour for Hicks to feel well enough to even just leave. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Here's what really just destroys me about this, because it really says how much this did to his body he lost eight pounds wow in the time since he started the race what eight pounds holy yeah. eight smokes pounds. yeah that's like that's incredible that's, that's they're like oh you healthy weight is like one pound a week he's like not nah, eight pounds three hours olympic diet God. <laughs> he lost a couple organs i think yeah well that's that's at that point he's just completely devoid of water yeah. weight Bodies are yeah. shutting Holy down. Yeah, yeah man. plus the poison, which, you know, yeah. I guarantee probably the, the lack of hydration. Like, at that point, I'm sure you're running out of blood. <laughs> Not no. how that works. Not how that but works. But that's how yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Because I know, like, you a lot of people suffer from overhydration as well in, in, in a marathon. So, like, they're actually finished heavier than they started because they're drinking mm. too much liquid. Yeah, they're they're, yeah. they're thirsty, but their the body weight. doesn't need it. They just what want the water. Like, yeah. yeah, you don't go, you know, when you like need need to go to the, like, the bathroom, like go for, for a pee and then you go for a run and it just like shuts off. 
You yep. don't feel like you need to get rid of it. That's what your body does. It's like it just keeps it in or you sweat it out. So like Yeah. Yeah. So if you're drinking a lot, you're you're heavy in there. It's just it's just staying in your body. You're just retaining you're water. You're retaining the water. Yeah. yeah, you're retaining the water. So to have an eight pound loss, whew, it's crazy. Can you imagine what his what he smelled like after this? Like death, I would say. <laughs> like death. Yeah. <laughs> like rats. Like I would have wanted to have rat poison. <laughs> Jeez. So Thomas Hicks himself was said as he was leaving an hour later never in my life have i run such a tough course the terrific hills simply tear a man to pieces which i think is the fucking understatement of the year (laughs) (laughs) i think i think it wasn't necessarily just the hills it was the guy that's like what about two water spots the last one being at the halfway mark (laughs) and and when they ask don't give it to them give them a dusty sponge give them a dusty sponge some poison and some brandy (laughs) no more water till the end it was like hunger games (laughs) slash marathon (laughs) (laughs) so are you guys ready for the official standings of the race yeah this is this is we're gonna wrap it up here so thomas hicks drinker of the rat poison brandy was declared the gold medalist <laughs> good man as lores the car waiver was deemed a non-participant oh so it's silver medal but really <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so in all of this i could find nothing on the third place finisher which is just outrageous that's odd, yeah, yeah huh. the, this person was like yeah i'm not i'm not counting i'm just here i just like to run y'all <laughs> and then he history forgot him <laughs> gone fourth place oh wow they found fourth place but not third well, no, the, uh, because you, you already know the fourth place. Oh. Yeah, they, there's, some people had more attention paid to them than others. Some of them were a little bit more remarkable and or ridiculous. Right. <laughs> yes. Our fourth place was our cut trouser, dice gambling, Cuban mailman, Felix. Yay, Felix! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seemingly he recovered enough from the rotten apples to finish. And it's actually suspected that he would have actually won if not for his nap. Because, again, <laughs> he stopped a lot, took a nap, you know, and I he like still Felix. finished fourth. Yeah. You know what makes it even more, like, like, shocking? It's like, he had a nap, he had a stomach ache, and he still came fourth? Yeah, in the thought, Olympics. Yeah, he would have thought, <laughs> fourth. But to have a nap, I would be like, I expect to be last now because I've had a 20-minute lap, or, like, you know, fairly near the middle of the pack to the bottom. Right? Yeah. You know how far and he had all his wardrobe redone and yeah 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 ate some fruit <laughs> he was very hungry he was just in it for the food yeah he, this is like a free style. meal for him yeah so if he didn't actually eat the rotten apples you were saying he basically would have won because he probably without, had a nap because of his stomach yeah without all of that there's absolutely said he would have won so oh my god I'm super stoked that he didn't because <laughs> but yeah i really <laughs> like yes. felix yeah he's he's definitely the hero of the story for me in ninth <laughs> and 12th were our barefoot south africans who nice. joined the olympics race for fun because they were at the fair anyway <laughs> <laughs> the ninth place one is the one that was chased away by dogs wow. he did better than his bud and he was the one chased by dogs <laughs> yeah, of course yeah now unfortunately there were some fatalities recorded due oh, to the immense heat humidity be. and dust compounded by the shitty dehydration research by the olympic chief which i felt i just had to include because it's not a tyler story without some sadness so there you guys go some darkness right here yep Yes, please. Now, to give you guys a nice little little tidbit here at the end, I've got two. Thomas Hicks, Rat Brandy, and Fred yep. Lors, Cab Hailer, would meet again at the Boston Marathon oh. the following year. And guess who won? Bricklayer. Fred Lors. Yes, I bet on the wrong, wrong year. <laughs> <laughs> guess who won? It was the guy who cheated. He apparently would have done it. He would have been fine. Yay. Uh, Thomas Hicks uh, would have come pretty close, but apparently Fred Lors, the guy who took the cab, didn't need it. And he only did a five-mile run. He must have been like a fit. Well, he's fit because he's been laying bricks, you know, so yeah. right. he's got some level of fitness, you'd hope. He's, he's using his biceps to carry him across. Yeah, He's he, actually running a handstand the whole time. He lifts, right? Yeah, a handstand yeah. the whole time. He, yeah. He's lifting. Now, would you like to know who came dead last in this Olympics. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, yeah, you guys are invested in this story, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good one, eh? 
Did we say the name of the person that came last? No, you guys haven't heard these. Oh, the dead last. Yeah, dead last. Fuck, I guess the people that died came last. But no, these people. Yeah, that was awful. That was awful. Sorry, they they were late. (laughs) For for official reasons, the last people to cross the line were the Russians as a whole, the whole team, the Russian delegation. The whole team. The whole Russian team came last because they arrived nearly two weeks late. (laughs) Well... And the reason for that, that'll do it. Yeah. The reason for that is, and the entire, I'm not talking for the marathon, I'm talking for the Olympics. The entire Russian delegation arrived two weeks late because they were still using the Julian calendar while the rest of the world used the Gregorian calendar. Oh. Yeah. Which means every 128 years since Julius Caesar made it law in 45 BC, it gained an additional day compared to the rest of the world, which means two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) So they came in last. So. I don't think anyone would know about this, but does anyone know anything about the Russian Revolutionary War in 1917, dubbed the October Revolution? Nope. No. I didn't either. But for the sake of this joke, I didn't didn't do any research. It's real funny. (laughs) Using (laughs) this Julian calendar and Gregorian calendar mix-up, the October Revolution happened in November. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yes. Oh my God, that's great. I had to clear my entire backlog to do this episode (laughs) when I found this story. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I don't think I'll ever beat it. I don't think I could even sum this up properly right now. So BanterBot, just go ahead. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Don't tell me what to do. Their drinks are empty and we are out of time. I don't even exist myself, and I hardly believe this story is true. As always, if Banter Savvy got something wrong, please do reach out to them on Twitter, and you can always find them on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram to see more content they've made for you. Thanks for listening, Olympians. That was hilarious, Tyler. Isn't I love that. that. Just the fucking best. <laughs> I love that. I love. I just yeah. I could hardly contain myself. <laughs>